Hey Alpaca Pals, it's the end of the year and usually around this time, instead of releasing one of our usual interview episodes, we like to release a fun little wrap-up episode to kick off the new year. But like pretty much everyone, the last two years have been pretty tough for us. Not only has travel totally changed, but the podcasting space has as well. And to be totally honest, it's sometimes hard to feel optimistic about the new year because, well, we have no idea what's coming. The one constant for us has been you, the loyal alpaca pal hitting play every other Wednesday. So today we wanted to share a little bit about our last takeaways from the year, including what travel is like these days. And then we're going to talk about you, our life source of inspiration and support that has gotten us through these really unpredictable two years. This episode is dedicated to our alpaca pals. All right, so to kick this off, Katie, I wanted to ask, first, what you're grateful for when you think about the last year? Because there's been a lot of bad stuff, but I thought it'd be nice for us to focus on the good stuff. Okay, I was just going to be like, well, I'm alive. So, <laughs> well, we should be very grateful for that. Like, truly. I'm just going to look back at this year grateful for what I did get to do. I actually did travel to Ottawa, of all places, if you're not Canadian, um, that's fine. You don't need to know about Ottawa. (laughs) It is our nation's capital, though. We do need to say that because a lot of people don't know. (laughs) I always end up dissing Ottawa and then I forget that you are from there. So I apologize. (laughs) I'm not, though. I don't think of myself as an Ottawan. But um, I guess on a more selfish note, I do have a lot to be thankful for in that I do have a comfy new home that I'm living in. And I got to spend a lot of really fun time this summer with my friends, showing them around my new city of Brantford, taking them for floats. That's pretty much it. How about you? (laughs) Well, I think like... As people living in Ontario, Canada, I think especially right now as Omicron is heating things up again, I'm really grateful that we had this sort of like rest period in the pandemic where things were relatively good for several months, good enough that I was able to travel, good enough that you and I were able to hang out in person indoors. Yes, We had a few months there where there was some sense of normalcy back and Oh, I'm so grateful for that. As sad as I am that things are getting bad again, the fact that we had that little break, we should be super grateful for because I know that not everyone around the world has been so lucky to have that. And obviously a huge highlight for me was being able to travel on a plane to different places <laughs> within Canada, but also outside of Canada. It was honestly so surreal to do that. And I mean, it was just under the wire for me. Omicron had just hit the news when we were coming back from Portugal. And I've been realizing, especially today, how lucky I am that I was able to get that trip in before things got bad again. It kind of reminds me of when I went to Florida, you and I both went to Florida in early 2020 and we got home just in the nick of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's kind of like, I hate to think that it's replaying itself all over again. And I know I shared on my Instagram, I said like, had we been in this state when I was leaving on the trip, I probably would have canceled, to be honest. I don't think I would be willing to travel like given how things are right now. So I'm very happy that I was able to get that in and have that experience because I'm feeling like it could be a couple months before at least we're able to travel again, unfortunately. So 
I mean, on a happier note, tell me about your trip. Well, it was surreal. It was surreal to be in an airport and then in a foreign country. But I was surprised at how quickly I kind of just snapped back into my old, like, oh, this is me traveling again. You know, it's weird with the pandemic, but it was just like, okay, I'm used to wearing a mask. I'm used to showing my vaccine records. So I just like took that experience and like did it there in Portugal. So I very quickly felt like very at ease traveling there. It was really interesting to see like how the pandemic is treated in another country compared to home. I noticed like, for example, that in Portugal, people mostly wear surgical masks, whereas here in Toronto, a lot of people wear like homemade cloth masks. I also noticed that people are just very like good about um, following like pandemic protocol, which I really appreciated as a traveler. Highlights were definitely Porto, which is a city up in the north of Portugal. I think that it is highly underrated. I went there a couple years ago and then going back, I could see the difference that like there's more tourism now, there's more attention Mm. on it, but it's just such a magical city. It really is. Those pictures you were posting were gorgeous. I was (sighs) like blown away. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll be honest, like I was I was trying to be very careful. So I stayed away from like dining indoors a lot. I didn't go to tons of museums like I normally would because I was just trying to minimize my time in indoor spaces. But that was what was so wonderful about Porto. Like there's so much to do there without having to go indoors because it's just such a beautiful city. You can just walk for hours on end and just be impressed like minute after minute. Every evening was just such an epic sunset. And I was alone for that portion of the trip. And I really, I really liked it. After two years of pandemic living, it felt really nice to just be like fully, fully alone and not talk to anyone. I was just (laughs) going to ask you about this because this was also your first solo travel trip of this like kind of significance in a while, right? So like, did anything feel rusty for you? No, I feel like I kind of just snapped back into my... (laughs) (laughs) into my jive. (laughs) I mean, I ask you having just put, we just put a poll on our Twitter and Instagram asking if people like to travel alone or with friends and most people have voted alone. So I think nobody is feeling uncomfortable being by themselves right now. No. And I mean, I've talked about this before, but the the things that are great about solo travel is just like you, you are the master of your trip. You get to decide everything. And I don't know. I liked having that for five days just to myself to like be in total control and do whatever I wanted and see whatever I wanted to see and like sleep as late as I wanted to sleep. Um, And then the other highlight was definitely down in the Algarve. I was with my friend Sheer. She's actually been on the podcast. She was in season one and she came on to talk to us about her experiences visiting Auschwitz. It's actually a really good episode. It's, It's kind of like dark tourism focused. So that's in season one. But Sheer and I drove down the coast to the Algarve and I had been just sort of looking around on Instagram at what photographers were posting and a couple of them had posted this random beach and I hadn't seen it mentioned anywhere else. It's called Bariga and when we looked up how to get to it, it was pretty It was a tumultuous drive. It was tumultuous. (laughs) And it was a long drive. And we were driving through these mountains and woods. And we were in an electric car that 
like you have to charge. <laughs> so we were like, oh, hopefully this works out because we could just run out of energy. <laughs> um, but we eventually got there and it was the most, uh, I honestly have no words for how beautiful this beach was. It was just empty and the waves and oh, the cliffs. I I actually like can't describe how incredible it was. And we were just standing on this beach alone. No one there with the sun setting. I haven't stopped thinking about that beach since we were there. It was definitely oh. the highlight of the entire trip. Now there are photos on your Instagram. There are, yes. If somebody feels like they need to take a peek because it is, I mean, the pictures are gorgeous. They're, they're so nice. <laughs> and you got there at the perfect time of day. We did. It's like all foggy and misty. It Yeah, like it was a mood. It was a mood being on that beach. And I think what's interesting is, so the Algarve is a really famous part of Portugal because of its like coastal views and the beaches. And it's mostly on the southern edge of Portugal and on that edge. So that's like Lagos and Sagres and all those cities where people stay when they're in the Algarve. Because they're facing south, the sea is quite quiet on that end. So the beaches there are different than the ones on the west coast. Bariga is on the west coast. So we had to drive past Sagres and then up the west coast. And on the west coast is where they have all the famous surfers. They have some of the biggest surfs in the world, Portugal does, along the west coast. And so the beaches there have a really distinct feeling that's very different from the ones that are like on the Algarve south coast. It felt, I hate to use this word because I think it's like, like it's honestly a word that needs to be unpacked a lot, but the word like wild, the beach feels more intense. It's not as um, postcard picture perfect. It has a very different vibe than the ones on the South Coast. So a brief moment while we were in Lisbon, but it made me laugh so hard, so I want to share it. You know how like the seagulls in Europe are really big? They're bigger than here. I didn't know Have that. Have you ever noticed this? They're no. huge. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they're eating. Maybe they have better seafood there. Like the seagulls are just massive seagulls. They're massive. They're bigger than my head. Like they're very scary, honestly. And they're everywhere. And we were walking down the street in Lisbon. <laughs> And sheer. We had just left this market. It's called LX Market. If you're ever in Lisbon, go to this market. It's really cool. It's like a, a modern artisan market. And as we were leaving, Sheer was like, oh, I'm pretty hungry. I'm going to grab something. She goes over to the stall and it's artisan bread. And she bought this piece of like bread that had chorizo inside. And she was nursing this. So she'd been eating it for a while. And every few few minutes, she'd take a bite as we were walking and be like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> and we're just walking and she's holding her baguette sandwich thing and a seagull swoops down out of nowhere and just snatches it from her <laughs> and I was so shocked like I didn't realize what had happened and I see the seagull like zoom ahead of us and I'm like oh and I look at Sheer and she's just, she's looking at me and her hand is cupped around nothing where the sandwich <laughs> used to be. And she was so sad. But we were also <sighs> laughing our heads off because like we couldn't believe how ballsy this seagull was. Also, they may not have been seagulls, Erin. 
not to be too tangential here, but technically they're just gulls and seagulls are like a different kind, a special native bird to one specific area. So everywhere has its own version of its seagull. <gasps> so you're supposed to just call them gulls. So you're saying this this gull <laughs> that we saw in Portugal, the reason it's bigger is because it's not a seagull. Is that what you're saying? It's probably a different kind. Oh, I think we need like to look a different it up. Breed? No, I'm going to quickly fact check myself. I'm just going to Google why are seagulls so big in Portugal. <gasps> People have Googled this before, Katie. People yep. have Googled why are seagulls so big in Europe. This has been Googled. Oh I'm God. not the only one that thinks about this. <laughs> There's a spe- You're right. It's a specific kind of gull. It's the European herring gull, and they are a big gull. So you're right. <gasps> and it's a large gull that grows up to 26 inches long. Oh my gosh, there's all these photos. Yeah, these are different gulls than what we have here in Canada. Well, there you go. Learn something new every day. Okay, okay. I'm done talking about gulls. Oh, okay. The final highlight I have to share because you'll appreciate this is, so I worked with the tourism board in the Algarve and they Mm. were really great. They hooked us up with a guide, like a local guide there to take us hiking um, the Rota Vincentina, which is a route that you can hike that goes like all from the south of Portugal up into the north. And it takes weeks to hike the entire thing. Um, But this guide sat down with us to just give us an overview of it, tell us a bit about like what it's like to hike the entire thing. And then we went and we hiked a portion of it. And it's such a cool hike because you're hiking just like along the cliffs, along the ocean. But that wasn't the highlight. I mean, the hike was great. I had an awesome time. But the highlight was that the guide, he texted us the night before on WhatsApp. And he says, so I have an important question for you. And we're like, okay, what is it? And he's like, I have two dogs. Can they come? And we were like, absolutely. And his two puppies were the cutest dogs in the world, two labs. And they were so adorable on this hike with us, just running up and down the trail, splashing around in the ocean. And then they hopped in the car with us and we drove to a town to have lunch. Like it was so nice hanging out with those dogs. What a perfect day, to be honest. Like hanging out with dogs outside, hiking, getting some fresh air and then getting lunch. Heck yeah. I'm sorry. I love lunch. (laughs) (laughs) So is there any lessons that you learned from your trip? Anything you need to share with anybody who might be listening being like, damn, I wish I went on a trip recently or maybe I can go on one soon. What would you want to share with them? Well, I actually wrote a whole blog post about this because I do have a lot of thoughts just about like (laughs) traveling right now because it was different and there were things that I prepared for that obviously I wouldn't have in pre-pandemic times. So I'll just give the cliff notes. I think the main things I've learned are, the first thing, this is probably Canada specific, but book a direct flight. It's better for the planet, but it also simplifies your return home if you need to get tested. So if you're Canadian, you have to get a PCR test before coming home and it has to be within a certain window of time. And that window is not super big. So if you get a direct flight, it just makes it simpler to get home within your window of time. And it also just reduces your time in airports, which I think is important in the day of COVID. I also think it's really important to buy COVID-specific insurance. So I have insurance through 
my work, travel insurance. And before the trip, I called them to ask if they would cover if I ended up getting COVID abroad, because obviously I'm going to be realist about it. I knew that there was like a slight chance that the unthinkable would happen and I would end up with COVID in Portugal and need to like either get medical attention or just stay there in quarantine. And my insurance said that they would not cover that. And I think most um, plans won't. So I researched and found a company, a Canadian company that does a COVID-specific plan. They'll cover rebooked flights if you get delayed because you've tested positive, and they'll cover your quarantine in a hotel and all your food. And I paid, I think, in total $70 to insure the entire trip for that. And I felt Mm. like it was worth it. It just gave me peace of mind because I thought, okay, if I end up testing positive, it's covered. This isn't going to be paid for out of pocket to stay in a hotel for two weeks. Ooh, another good tip is to pack at-home antigen tests. This is a good one, especially if you are anxious like me, because (laughs) you will think you have COVID at least once while traveling, which happened to me. Like, Shira and I had a day where we just fully convinced ourselves (laughs) that we had COVID. (laughs) We did not. I got a message that day from you. I was messaging you about something and you're like, I I can't talk right now. We're having a bit of a day. (laughs) But it's just like, this is just a reality of these days, right? Anytime you have a sniffly nose or a sore throat, your first thought is, oh my God, I have COVID. And having those tests on us just made it simpler. We've done a whole episode about taking care of your mental health. And sometimes that toolkit includes an antigen test. Absolutely. It does for me, that's for sure. Okay, I have lots of other tips, but I'd say like the final one that I've been thinking a lot about is self-isolating. I decided that I was going to isolate for 10 days before I left on my trip. So I I was pretty sure that I was okay, Um, but I still isolated for a couple days coming back just because I think it's good to self-monitor and just make sure everything's fine before you like dive back into seeing people and going out in public. So I think this is a choice that people need to make personally, but I think I'll be sticking to that. And the reason I did it before was just I wanted to be sure that I was healthy when I was leaving on the trip. I didn't want any surprises when I went to get tested before my flight. So yeah, I think like a week on each end, maybe more if you're feeling it, is a good way to go. So we've picked a handful of very special people that we felt like we needed to take some time to recognize in this episode to cap off the year. And each of these people we actually met in a pretty unique way. We're going to tell some stories of the alpaca pals who've made a huge impact on us this year. We want you to know all about them and how much we love them. So first, Erin. Tommy. Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Yeah. We know you're listening. So I need to talk about Tommy because how we met Tommy is a bit of a lengthy story that I don't think I should really get into on the podcast. But I actually reached out to him on Instagram when I saw that he was engaging with some other ethical and uh, responsible travel content. And I just messaged him to let us know about the podcast because these were the early days and we were just kind of doing anything we could (laughs) to get spread the good word. 
And we actually hit it off pretty quickly. I was worried that he was going to think I was like some weird corporate person messaging him through this like branded account. But luckily, he gave me a chance and he listened to our episodes and listened to the podcast. And ever since then, we've just created this special bond with you, Tommy. Tommy will message us and tell us what he honestly thinks about our podcast. He'll like and message us on our regular everyday accounts. And he's truly become like a true friend of the podcast. So Tommy, I wanted to shout you out because you've been with us since the early days, the early, early days. Production was a little less uh, practiced at that point. (laughs) Polished at that point. Anything you want to say about Tommy? Just that we love Tommy. I mean, we're friends like outside the context of the podcast too. Like, and Tommy, in the midst of when we were in like the depths of depression with the lockdowns in Ontario last winter, Tommy arranged to call us through Skype and give us a tour of his neighborhood. He lives in Japan. That was amazing. That really like lifted my spirits when we were in a really bad place. And he was just such a wonderful friend and being able to see him and chat with him, like, albeit through screen, but like actually see his face and like talk. It was like I'd known him forever. Like, it was so nice. So, so Tommy, thank you. Thank you so much for being who you are and supporting our podcast. It means a lot. It does. We have another person to shout out, Aaron. Do you want to take the reins? Yeah, we're going to shout out Anuj. And he's been on the podcast. He was on it last season. He joined us from Australia to talk about India. I actually don't remember now how Anuj and I started chatting. I think he had messaged us because he had somehow found the podcast and listened to an episode and he messaged just to say something like some of his thoughts about it. And we ended up just chatting back and forth for a long time. And that's like how that evolved into an episode. Eventually, like we were just having such interesting discussions through Instagram. Like, how about you come on and we'll just have this discussion And meeting him like on the podcast was so much fun and hearing like everything that he had to say. I learned so much about his experiences growing up in India. And ever since then, like we've continued to talk. He always sends us like really amazing feedback and messages about our episodes. So he really does feel like a friend and super grateful that he joined our uh, our little circle of pod friends. (laughs) Okay, I have another another shout out. Brent and Michael. Yes. Brent and Michael, I can't exactly remember how we met. Me neither. (laughs) But I swear I blinked and all of a sudden we had a Twitter bond. So if you haven't heard us talk about this before, Aaron is not a Twitter gal. And today, Aaron and I came to the terms that Katie's not really an Instagram gal right now. So I've been lucky enough to do most of the corresponding with uh, Brent and Michael over on Twitter because they're so active there. Aaron, (laughs) get your butt over to Twitter. And they will always send us feedback on our episodes live to the rest of the Twitterverse, which is great. I mean... (laughs) I'm not going to complain about a plug, but the thing is with Brent and Michael, when they reach out to us on Twitter, it's not just like a, hey, loved the episode. It's a, hey, ladies, how you doing? We loved hearing from you. Like, uh, and we've never met them in person before. And it's a fairly like new friendship that we've created, but they continuously always leave feedback on the episodes, tell us what we lo- they loved about the episode. What's so funny about it is that it just feels so accidental. Mm. Like They put a lot of thought 
into responding to the episodes. And I always feel like they help me expand my own thinking about an episode because they'll often like challenge something we say or they'll like expand the framework of an episode and they'll bring in like other ideas. That's what I love about this podcast because when we started making it, that's Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like challenged and they really do that. And I really appreciate that because I've learned a lot from them. And they actually, they write a newsletter and they were super kind and sent us a free um, subscription to their newsletter. And I love reading what they write. So shout out to them, Brent and Michael, you're awesome. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Brent and Michael. And you can also go follow their travel content. Brent and Michael are goingplaces.com. Go check them out. Last but certainly not least. Certainly, certainly not least, Amanda Kendall. I do remember how I met Amanda Kendall because she DM'd me. I think she DM'd me personally on Pina Travels. But yeah, she DM'd me and said that someone had sent her our podcast. And then she said, I host a podcast called The Thoughtful Travel Podcast. And I was super excited when she messaged because I had heard about her podcast, but I hadn't listened. And when she messaged me that first time, she said, I think we should do like a crossover together and and interview each other. So we did an episode with Amanda, I think a year and a half, two years ago. And she and I were just having the best convo together, just chatting about our love of travel. And we've just kept in touch over time. And it's been really awesome because every once in a while, she'll ping us and say, oh, have you talked to this person? So it's really nice to be able Mm -hmm. to collaborate with someone who's also in the same space and, and doing awesome work. So special thank you to all of our very special Alpaca Pals for supporting us all year. Clearly, everything you've done has made a huge impact on us and stuck with us in our brains and our hearts and our souls. So we appreciate you and love you very, very much. We have one more shout out to make, and that is to all of our Patreon members who have been financially supporting us with the podcast this year. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Senna. Thank you, Tommy. And thank you, Mariana. We love you so much. And uh, financial support really helps us keep the podcast going. So if you want to become a patron too... Just look in the link in the description of this episode, click it, hit subscribe or whatever the button is, and you can also become a patron (laughs) and support us. (laughs) It's quite simple, really. (laughs) So if you're wondering how you can become a very special alpaca pal friend, just like Tommy and Nuge, Brent, Michael, and Amanda, well, all you have to do is talk to us. It's really quite simple. We are open to many more new friends. So please reach out to us. If you listen to the podcast and you like what you hear or you don't like what you hear, send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. We also have a website where you can send us an email. Also, we get really, really excited when we see you posting a screenshot or a clip from the show on your social media accounts. So please do that. Just post away, please. Um, And again, we always love to receive feedback and resources because if anything, Alpaca My Bags podcast is a community. So we're always open to reading through articles and reading through resources and anything that you think might help the show be better. So don't hesitate to share anything with us. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, Alpaca Pals, thanks for listening. We're going to see you in the new year. We have, well, actually, we're about exactly halfway through the season. So in the new year, you're going to get five more episodes. And we have some exciting ones coming that I'm really excited to share with you. So we'll see you then. Bye.